Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Well, praise the Lord. Here we are for another great Wednesday night, United, uh, our hour of power that we come together for every Wednesday evening. And uh, God is so good. And uh, you know, you ought to just shout about it. Hallelujah. You ought to just shout about it because the Lord is so good to us. And uh, of course, we're still, we're still feasting on uh, how good He has been to us and uh, all that He uh, is doing for us. We want to continue tonight with this series that we've been on over the last number of weeks entitled Led by Peace. And we want to go to Galatians chapter 5, and this is where we'll begin. And we've been making the statement that peace in the life and the home of the believer is one of the greatest evidences of the presence of God in that life. Peace in the life and the home of the believer is one of the greatest evidences of the presence of God in that life. And um, what we're wanting to understand out of this series is the force that peace is and also how these fruit that we see outlined in Galatians uh, 5:22 and 23 the 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 how that they are different aspects of the character of God all right and as i build these fruit into my life the character of God is revealed the character of God is realized in my life and Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, beginning in verse 22, says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. So these are the fruit of the reborn human spirit. Uh, they operate as I choose to allow them to operate or as I operate them in my life and in my day-to-day living. Now, each of these fruit anchor us to a different part of God's character, a different aspect of God's character. And this is so important because I have to understand that each of these fruit, if I could say it this way, build upon the other one. There's an anchor fruit, all right? And each of these fruit build from that place. And We've been talking specifically about peace, and we made the statement that peace is not a feeling, all right? Peace is a force. Nothing is strong enough to disturb this peace that will operate in us regardless of what we're facing. Nothing is strong enough to disturb it, all right, because it's Obviously, it's the peace of God. It's the presence of God in my life. So peace is not the absence of trouble. Peace is the presence of God in the midst of that trouble. All right? Peace is the presence of God. 
That's what's so key about operating in this fruit of peace is that it is the tangible presence of God in my life. It's the presence of God that I can that I can feel, but yet it operates in spite of feeling. All right, I can feel the peace, but it's operating in despite the feeling. Hallelujah. And all of the fruit are reliant on the other fruit. All right, peace will be built on love and joy. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Peace will be built on love and joy. No love, no joy, no peace. That, that, that's the key. All right, if, if I have no love, then I have no joy. If I have no joy, I have no peace. Because they're reliant on each other. When, when, when we're focused on the love of God, it'll produce and enhance the activity of peace in our lives. We talked, I believe it was last Wednesday, on, on righteousness and how uh, uh, the book of Isaiah said the effect of righteousness would be peace, right? And as I focus on the fact that I'm right with God, that there's nothing between God and I, that the result of that was peace— in uh, 1 Corinthians, Paul called it the way of peace. He called righteousness the way of peace because he said there were a group of people that had not submitted themselves to the righteousness of God, and then he made the statement, and they have not known the way of peace. Right? I cannot know the way of peace with God without understanding that I'm righteous. All right, Because rightness with God produces peace with God. And so if, there's, if I understand the love of God, when I'm focused on the love of God, it will produce and enhance the activity of peace in my life, all right? We, we cannot be led by peace without being rooted in love. I can't be led by peace if I'm not rooted in love. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In 1 John chapter 3, 1 John chapter 3, the Apostle John makes some statements concerning the love of God. And he says in 1 John 3, 1, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God, therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. The Amplified Bible says, See what an incredible quality of love the Father has given or shown or bestowed on us. What an incredible quality of love the Father has given or shown or bestowed on us. So notice what he's saying. He says you need to look at the quality of love that has been bestowed on you. Because to walk in peace, I have to be focused on love. All right, if I want peace with a person, I have to focus on how much I love that person. All right, I can't, I can't just have peace if I don't focus on love. Why do I want there to be peace? Because I love them. I got to focus on the love aspect so that there can be peace. 
that's why the Apostle Paul said that we were to, as, as much as it lies in us, as far as our part is, I'm going to be at peace with all men. Why? Because I love everybody. All right, I love everybody, and I want there to be peace. And he says, you need to focus on the quality of love that the Father has shown you. That has to be the focus. All right, the focus has to be the love of God. In, you're right there in 1 John. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 10 says, Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, now don't disconnect if God so loved us from the previous verse. All right? Because he said, herein is love, that God loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. If God so loved us, if God so loved us, that he sent Jesus to be the propitiation for our sins, we ought to also love one another. Now, this is important because the focus is not only on love, but the kind of love that the Father has shown us. All right? Now, when, when, when we think of it as believers, we can use that word agape. It's that agape love that the that the Father has shown us. But agape love doesn't mean anything to the world because they don't understand agape. All right, we understand agape because that's a Christian term that we use. This agape love, a love that wasn't deserved, a love that's a love that so moved God that he sent Jesus. All right? That's the kind of love that we have to focus on. This is the kind of love that the Father showed us. God showed us this love in that he sent Jesus to be the propitiation, the atoning sacrifice, not just a sacrifice, the sacrifice, all right? The only one that was needed, the only one that there will ever be, all right? That's the incredible amount of love that he showed us. And what happens? That produces peace. When I focus on that kind of love that he showed me, that produces peace. Why? Knowing that when we were separated from God, he saw fit to send Jesus and pay the price for and to remove our sin and make us right with him, that produces peace. That's, that's why the Bible says that if he did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how much more will he freely give us all things? That produces peace. Because if he wouldn't withhold Jesus, he won't withhold anything. All right? And see, when I focus on that, that produces peace. Amen. See, where worry is, there's no peace. Because worry is the, the thought process that someone may not do something or something may not happen. But if I'm focused on him giving Jesus, that he loved me enough to give me Jesus, then there's nothing he won't give me. There's nothing beyond that barrier. That, now, that's peace. All right? Because that means there's nothing I can't ask for. 
There's nothing I can't ask for and expect him to give me because he's given me Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. That's so important because that, 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 that's your focus. That produces peace. In, uh, you're right there in chapter 4, verse 16. We have known and believed the love that God has to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love cast out fear. Why? Because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. So the first thing that we see is we, we know or we should know and believe the love that God has towards us. Right now, now, we're still talking about being led by peace. I can't be led by peace if I don't know and believe the love that God has towards us. Well, he just showed us the kind of love that God has towards us, that he sent Jesus. That's the incredible love that he had for us, that he sent Jesus to die for us. I got to know that. I got to believe that. All right? And then he says, notice, we have boldness in the day of judgment, the judgment seat of Christ. Boldness, assurity, surety, calmness at the day of judgment, not, not the day of the judgment of my sin that's already been taken care of at the cross, that was taken care of when I made Jesus my Lord, all right, that, that day of judgment where I will be judged according to my works. I will be judged according to what I did with what God asked me to do. But he says, because you know and you believe the love, I'll have boldness in that day. All right? A surety. I'll have calmness. Amen. Now why? He says, notice this, because as he is, so are we in this world. Well, here's the question. How is he loved? How are we loved? That's what Jesus made, made, Jesus made much of the fact that the Father loved him. He talked about it consistently throughout the book of John. The Father loves me. The Father sent me. I know the Father loves me. And because the Father loves me, this is what I'm doing, all right? I'm going to finish what? Because I know the Father loves me. Amen. You know, sometimes we think that Jesus went to the cross and suffered what he suffered, and that then, you know, he went to the, uh, uh, you, we say he went to hell, uh, he went to Hades, he went to the place of departed spirits to pay the price uh, that justice demanded. And sometimes, you know, not, not everybody, but sometimes we say that kind of flippantly and, and sort of like, uh, you know, Jesus just knew everything would work out. Well, how did he really know that the Father was going to raise him up 
when justice was satisfied, how did he know that he was going to be three days and three nights in the belly of the earth and the Lord was going to raise him up because he knew how much the Father loved him? That's why. And that produced peace. When Jesus was in agony in the Garden of Gethsemane, it was as much a battle for peace as it was anything. He had to become at peace with what God had promised. See, we talk about faith working by love, and it does, but faith works best in an atmosphere of peace. Love energizes my faith. Faith functions in peace. So we say Jesus pulled his will under the control of his spirit. He did. And what did it produce? Peace. It produced peace. He got, he, listen, twice, the, you, you, you read this in, in the Bible. We read it twice where Jesus told the disciples first, he said, tarry here with me and pray. All right? And he went and prayed, and, and of course, you remember what he prayed, Father, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, your will be done. Says he went and found him again, woke him up. Went and found him asleep, woke him up. Said, can't you tarry with me one hour? He needed somebody to pray with him. He went back, and the Bible says he prayed again. Being in agony, Luke says. And he prayed, Father, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, your will be done. Prayed that the second time. It says he went back and found him asleep again. Woke him up. Couldn't you watch with me one hour? Went back, Matthew says, and prayed the third time and said the same thing. And then Luke tells us that the angels came and strengthened him. And then, notice what he said when he went back the third time and found him asleep. He said, go ahead and sleep. The one that's betraying me is on his way. That's my paraphrase, but that's what he said. Now, now notice. Ah, I, 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 I want to be cautious with how I word this so you don't misunderstand. Notice the urgency in his voice the first two times. Notice the peace in his voice the third time. It doesn't make Jesus any less God, but Jesus was 100% man. And Jesus had to choose to walk in peace just like you choose to walk in peace. Jesus had to choose to walk in love just like you have to choose to walk in love. He had to focus on what the Father promised to produce peace just like you have to focus on what the Father promised in order to produce peace. Hallelujah. And so how was he, how is he in the world? Love. How are we in the world? Love. You cannot focus on how much God loves you and not be at peace. You can't do it. It's impossible. Because ever what comes, you remind yourself, God loves me. That's it. And, 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 and then you go back to all the things that God did because God loves you. And you go back to all the things that God said, I will do because I love you. It settles the issue. See, peace is built on love and joy. Oh, hallelujah. Now, where there is fear, there is no peace. 
And where there's no peace, the operation of love is incomplete. Hallelujah. See, I focus on how much God loves me, and then I choose to walk in peace. I focus on how much God loves me, and then I choose to walk in peace. There are things that I, and I say I, I personally know and believe I will never I will never succumb to because I'm at peace with what God said. Not going to. Because I'm at peace. There's no fear there. Hallelujah. And, and, and you can use the very elementary things. I don't fear poverty. I don't fear sickness. I don't fear loss. Won't do it. All right? That, that produces peace. And he said, where there's fear, there's no peace. Because the operation of love is incomplete. And when you focus on the love of God, then you choose to walk in peace. Nope, he loves me, I choose to walk in peace. He cares for me, I choose to walk in peace. My pastor's been teaching on his daily program on the shadow of death. And uh, it's, it's a totally different take on that whole concept. I encourage you to watch it. But the point is, is he's talking from Psalm 23, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear because you're with me. Right? Well, the one that... that loves me, is with me, so there's no fear. And if there's no fear, there's peace. So in the valley of the shadow of death, I find myself with no fear, and I find myself at peace because the one that loves me is there. See, all the verses that we quote, for instance, the verse that says, uh, it, where, you know, where two or three of you are gathered together in my name, I'm there, that should bring you peace because he's there. If he's there, everything he is is there. Amen. And, and, and he said, why perfect love casts out fear? Because fear has torment. Well, that word fear, of course, it means fear, but it also means dread it means alarm or terror or fright. Fear, dread, terror, alarm, or fright. So if any of these are present, the work of love is incomplete. And peace is not operating at full capacity. And I have to comprehend that. None of those are okay. Now, understand why I'm saying that. Dread is not okay, and here's why it's not okay. It's evidence of the absence of love's operation, which means it's also evidence that peace is not functioning. Hallelujah. Terror, fright, is evidence that love is not functioning at full capacity. And so then, peace is not functioning at full capacity. 
Hallelujah. And and I don't have time to tell you why you should resist, resist fear always. There's no good fear. There's no little bit, right? There's, there's no time that it's okay to be anxious or that it's okay to be fearful. Now, people will say, well, well why? And I've heard people say it's a sin, and, and I'm not going to get in and disagree with them, but here's, here's what I will say. That's not your, should not be your focus. You should not want to be fearful, alarmed, full of terror, or frightened because the Bible says you don't have to be. Amen. When Jesus said, uh, take no thought for tomorrow, sufficient for the day is the evil thereof for tomorrow. And, and, and I've said this before, and it sounds elementary. Well, what's he saying? Listen, tomorrow will have its own set of problems. You better be at peace. If, if, if you want to face tomorrow and overcome, you got to be at peace today about tomorrow. Hallelujah. That's so important. Glory. See, my family knows I love them. My family knows I'll do everything in my power to take care of them. What does that do? That in turn produces peace and tranquility. Peace and tranquility. I've seen that occur before. Something might be going on at the home. Something needs to be repaired. Hallelujah. Something needs to be taken care of. And it would fall to me to make the arrangements or get the repairman out or fix it, whatever the case may be. You know, I never saw my wife frantic, run around biting her nails saying, what are we going to do? Is everything going to be all right? I'm so worried. She looked at me and said, have you made the phone call? Got it. Okay. And she just went about her business. Why? I got it. I love you. I'm going to take care of you. Amen. I, I remember when uh, uh, our water heater went out, and that's a, that's a minor thing, comparatively speaking, compared to what you could go through, but uh, uh, I, was in my, I was actually in my study, and she came to me, and she said, Philip, I, I went into the washroom, and, there, and there's water in the washroom. I said, oh, my goodness, I, and the first thing I thought was maybe one of the uh, hoses had come loose on the washer, and I said, maybe it's leaking a a, 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 a uh, you know, a, a ring had went out on it or something. And I, and I went back there. No, it was all tight. And so I looked, and, and the water had come from under the cabinet that's in the washroom. Well, right behind that wall is our water heater. And, and I just knew, because I'd been there before in another home, and I, I said, it's the water heater. And, and I went out, and sure enough, it was. So I went and turned the water off at the main. And, uh, uh, of course, the flow of water stopped. But now, now think about this. Think about this. She didn't look at me and start going, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Oh, no. What are we going to do? And, and get all, no. She knew I knew what to do. I knew she knew what to do. Amen. Got a hold of the insurance company. Talked to them first. Got a hold of the repair people. Got a hold of the, of the, 
of the, the people to come get all the water sucked up and, and, and dry out our flooring. Amen. With, with, there was never any lack of peace, but here's what I'm trying to say. Within a couple hours, she knew I had everything taken care of. Amen. That's peace. Why? Why does she have that peace? He loves me. He's going to take care of me. I'm at peace. Glory to God. Do, do you see why I'm saying this? So I know, I know things that bring my wife peace on those cold winter evenings. And you know, uh, 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 in, uh, of course, in southern Arkansas where uh, we <laughs> have our home, I mean, there, th those cold winter evenings are fewer and farther between than they are there in God's country of Kansas. All right, they used to be, you know, you know how it can be there uh, 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 in Johnson County, there in, in Kansas. You know, it can get cold for weeks and stay cold for weeks. I'm not talking about chilly. I mean cold. But anyway, on those cold winter evenings, she likes me to bring the wood in and start a fire, right? And she likes to sit there. She has a, a place made in our home with some overstuffed chairs in front of the fireplace. And she likes to sit in one of those chairs and read or look at her uh, uh, tablet, or work on a computer, or whatever. And, and it's really nice if I can sit in the other chair, and sometimes I don't do anything but just watch her. All right? But my point is, it brings such peace. It brings such peace to her. Because that fire's warm, everything is taken care of. Oh, hallelujah. And, 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 and Lily will come skipping in, and she just loves the fire, and she'll stand with her back to the fire and just say, isn't this great? Here's my point. There, there's such peace because everything is taken care of by the one that loves them. Oh, hallelujah. Do you see that? He says, perfect love casts out fear. And I like this. Because it literally means this, to throw more or less violent or intense. To throw more or less violent or intense. So perfect love, love throws fear more or less violently out of doors. Hallelujah. That's what love does. Complete love instantly throws fear out of our lives. And what's the result when there's no fear? Peace. Peace. Oh, hallelujah. That's, I have to choose to walk in that peace. Get rid of the fear. I know how much he loves me. And now I got to walk in peace. All right, now I got to walk in peace. If I don't choose to walk in peace... It'll result in an incomplete working of love. I got to choose to walk in peace or it'll be an incomplete working of love. The circumstance may not seem to change immediately. It has to be walked out in peace. Love has taken care of that fear. Now I got to walk this out in peace. Something that robs your peace is the what if. 
or the what might happen or what if this happens. That's, that's robbing your peace. Oh, hallelujah. Do you see that? You know, there are people that dread getting up every day and going to work because the traffic might be bad. And here's what they'll say. I just don't like traffic. But if it's dread, that's one of the definitions of fear. And, and we've already said, if fear is not there, if fear is there, peace is not there. So how do you resolve that? There probably is going to be traffic, but I don't care. I'm at peace. I mean, what's the worst thing that can happen? You'll be late. What's the worst thing that could happen? You'll be late. But, 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 but there are people that they complain about what they have to do, and complaining is evidence of no peace, and if there's no peace, there's an element of fear there. And people say, well, I don't fear traffic. If you dread it, you do. If it frustrates you, you do. See, we think fear as being afraid of something in the sense of something that can hurt us. Fear of a snake, a spider, uh, uh, fear of a heart attack, fear of a natural disaster. But dread is fear. Hallelujah. But people don't want to put it in that category. They just want to put it as in something they don't like. Well, I don't like traffic. But if you're dreading it, words mean what they mean. And dread is derived from the word fear. And if there's fear, there's no peace. So you've got to allow love to toss that fear out of doors and be at peace. Now, that's a simple example, but listen, if I dread that, what am I going to do when something big comes up? Hallelujah. Remember, these fruit grow by using them. Hallelujah. Peace is the presence of God in the circumstance. Peace is the presence of God in the circumstance. Amen. There's been times driving down the road, I've just had to sit and say, I don't care. I don't care how long it takes. You're not getting my peace. I don't care how long it takes. I just hate that drive between here and there. Well, what they're saying is I dread it. You know, the only thing you're supposed to hate is sin. That's important because that word becomes a substitute for dread. I used to have a family member, and they'd say all the time, oh, I'm dreading this. Oh, I'm dreading that. And boy, it showed in their life. They had an up and down life. They had an in and out life. They had a, they had a life that was just like a boat on a to- tossed in a, in a storm-tossed sea. Because dread will make everything insecure. Because love is the anchor 
Love anchors you to God and his promises. And when love has you anchored to the promise, you can then walk it out in peace. Glory be to God. Love is the life-giving sap of the tree that these fruit are produced on. In uh, John chapter 15, remember we said that peace is built on love and joy. John chapter 15 and verse 11, notice what Jesus said. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy, now don't, don't just read past that. He said it was his joy. Well, I would think that anything that was his is the most complete. That his joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. So notice that Jesus promised to impart his joy to us. Now, all of these, joy is not a feeling. Joy is a force, not a feeling. Joy is not laughing. Joy is not feeling great. Joy is a force. I have it or I don't. I'm functioning in it or I'm not. You might laugh when you're joyful. You might feel strong when you're joyful. You may not feel strong when you're joyful, and you may not feel like laughing when you're joyful. Laughing when you don't feel joyful can stir it up. Confessing you're strong when you don't feel strong can stir it up. But here's the point. Joy, Jesus said, was his and he gave us his joy, and that our joy would be full. Well, that can mean, of course, filled up to the top, but it's a complete joy. There are people, you know, some believers, sad to say, that have an incomplete joy. They're joyful when things are right. They're joyful when things are easy, but a challenge comes and they seem to not be joyful because it's not a complete joy. It's a joy based on circumstances. Listen, nobody in this room likes to have smooth sailing more than me. Nobody. Amen. But I've also learned something. To walk this out, I got to be willing to push past my comfort zone. I got I got to be willing to experience feelings that are not lining up with the word of God, but knowing regardless of the feeling, the force of peace is at operation in my life. The force of joy is in operation in my life. I am joyful in the name of Jesus. Why? Because Jesus said this would be a full, a complete, and overflowing joy. 
Well, joy to this level results from love and leads to peace. Where love is, joy will be found, and peace will be the result. Peace will be the result. If you go into a home and there's no peace, follow it up the branch. There will be no joy and there will be no love. Or let me say it this way. You'll find people not walking in love. I've counseled marriages before, and when they walked into the counseling session, you could tell there's no peace in that marriage. And because there's no peace, there's no joy. Why is there no joy and no peace? Somebody's not walking in love. Hallelujah. In, in the one union that should bring more joy, the most joy aside from our union with Christ, that union between a man and a wife as, as husband and wife should bring us more joy than any other relationship except our relationship with Christ. And there are believers that have no peace and no joy in their marriage, and the reason they don't is somebody's not walking in love. You follow that back. Hallelujah. Glory. But when you're walking in love, there's joy there's peace, there's victory, because that's the foundation. This joy takes possession of our hearts. Glory to God. I'm joyful, and I'm not joyful because everything's going right. I'm joyful because I've been given His joy, and because I've been given His joy, my joy is full. My joy is full. Oh, hallelujah. This joy is not temporary. This joy is not temporary. And understand something. The enemy will fight to not just hamper your joy, to, to try to take it. He, amen. If he can get you focused on the circumstance, he can take your, your peace, he can take your joy. Joy is strength. All right, joy holds you in a place of faith, and peace walks it out. Joy holds you there. This joy fills our spirits. This joy is always there because Jesus said it would be. And we said earlier in the message, peace is built on joy and love. Peace is built on joy and love. Let's look at a, a familiar verse as we're starting to wrap this up. Philippians chapter 4. You remember Isaiah 55, 12 says you'll be led forth. You'll go out with joy and be led forth by peace. I go out with joy and I'm led forth by peace. I read a, a verse this morning uh, in the book of Isaiah, uh, chapter 42 and verse 7, I think it is, and he made the statement, uh, the prophet made the statement, God made the statement to the prophet, to the people. He said, if, uh, uh, if you would have done what I ask and stuck with my word, then would your joy have or your peace 
broken forth like a river. Hallelujah. Because there's peace in knowing I did what God said. That's, that's another message that we'll probably be preaching this week. But the, the point is, is peace is built on love and joy. In Philippians 4, 7, and remember he talked about being careful for nothing. We're not going to read all those verses for the sake of time. But verse 7 says, and the peace of God that passes all understanding will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. This is where we see peace as a force. Alexander McLaren called it the warrior peace. The warrior peace. Alexander McLaren wrote a, a book in the early 1940s, and it was on the exposition of the Pauline epistles. And my wife gave me an original copy of that book, and he talks in there about the peace of God being the warrior peace. The warrior peace. This peace will keep your heart and mind. This is so important because when he says it will keep, it's, it, that's a military idea, all right? In other words, it keeps your heart and mind with a garrison. It keeps your heart and mind with a troop of soldiers. That's the military idea. So peace takes on warlike functions, and it does what? It protects the heart and the mind. See, peace is to be enjoyed in the middle of your challenges because it's a force. It's constantly rebuffing. It's constantly attacking. It's constantly defending you from those things that want to try to rob your peace. When you go to bed tonight, peace is like an armed guard at the door of your home. Peace is like an armed guard at the door of your heart and the door of your mind. And when the, whatever situation, thoughts, the enemy, whatever it may be, other people, their words, their ideas, when they're trying to come against your peace, that warrior peace will stand up and put all of it to flight because it's keeping your heart and your mind. Nobody under the sound of my voice has any time. You don't have another hour. You don't have another second. You don't have another minute, let alone days or weeks, to worry about anything. You don't have time for it. I'm telling you, you don't have time for it. There's too much that God wants you to do. There's too many things God wants you exercising your faith for. Every moment you spend worrying is a moment that you're not believing God. Any moment. If you're worried, you're not believing and, and, and you got to take that mindset of worry and not allow it. And you don't allow it by letting this warrior peace mount guard over your heart and mind. I've had to learn that. I, I say I've had to learn that. When my mind wants to wonder and think about how is something going to happen, i got to stop it. And i got to say, no, this, this is what God said to me and pull myself back over there under this guard of peace. Oh, hallelujah. Are you with me? You know, let me, let me wrap this up. But, but when you look at what you've got 
going on in your life. You know, whether, whether you're a husband and, and mother and wife and, you know, you, you, you've just got your family, the day-to-day family obligations that you have where you're believing God if there's other things that you have. You know, I've, I've watched Pastor Michelle and I's life over the years. You know, of, of, of course, we've always had our family we're believing God for. But then, you know, you start, you, you enter into the ministry and you're believing God for the ministry and you're believing God to, to give you insights and concepts and ideas, right? And, and I, remember the, I remember the day that we hired our first employee, dear Lord, dear Lord, that, that, was, another, that was another thing now that we got to believe God for. Now, here's the thing. If you start thinking that way, you're going to have problems because it turns into, dear Lord, just one more thing I got to believe God for. Well, you're up for it. I say, you're up for it. The thing that God's laying on your heart to do, you're up for it. You're up for it. Don't let worry rob you of the peace that comes from knowing how much God loves you. Oh, hallelujah. You know, every day when I leave the house, I can just near about guarantee you that my wife is not worried that I'm going to go visit with somebody else that day. Right? Why? She knows I love her. I know she loves me. Now, this is important. That's the basis of the relationship. When you encounter somebody that's jealous and always worried that their spouse is looking at somebody else or... or or going to do something. Now, now unless, it's, unless it's something that's substantiated, you understand what I mean? Those, there are some of those cases. But most of them that I've dealt with, when somebody's jealous, it's insecurity on their part. But here's the thing. What is that? That jealousy, what is that evidence of? No faith in the love of that person. Jealousy is really just fear in that context. Well, I'm, 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 I'm jealous. I don't, I don't want him to look at another woman or I don't want her to look at another man. So you're afraid that they will. It's important. No matter what comes, this peace will strengthen you to overcome. Our standing is the result of our peace. Your strength will be determined by the calmness of your heart. The calmer I am, the stronger I am. Oh, hallelujah. It is possible to face whatever challenges come our way and yet have this deep, unchanging warrior peace in our heart. Why? Because it's built on love and joy. I know how much God loves me. I have Jesus' joy. I'm at peace. That's it. That's it. And listen, nothing or no one 
can cause you to not be at peace if you won't let them. Have you ever have you ever refused to be drawn into somebody else's drama? I don't know if you have. I have. And I just wouldn't let it. I'm not, I'm not getting involved, right? You'd get a, a hot text from somebody or a hot phone call, and they're just upset over whatever. And, you know, if you choose to let yourself respond, now you're in the middle of it. But what if you just say, I'm not responding to that. I've had people yell at me over the phone. You have to say something. No, I don't. I remember one time I, uh, uh, my car uh, had broke down. There We were living in DeSoto over off of 88th Terrace. And uh, my car had broken down. And, I, and I, I had it in the shop. I was getting it fixed. And this was during a time, quite honestly, in the ministry, where Pastor Michelle had uh, taken a job because we, had get, we were giving her check back to the ministry, and we were facing a challenge. And uh, that time, I only took a check six months out of the year that time. And our car, my car had, had broken down. We were down to one car, and uh, I was working on getting it fixed. And so for a couple of days, I was walking back and two to work. It was only maybe half a mile from where we live. And so uh, I had walked in that morning, and I was walking back to a, a, a home that afternoon when I got off work. We had closed the office, and I had a person call me, and they were mad about something. And uh, I have a, a policy in my life. I don't defend myself. You can say whatever you want to about me. I'm not going to defend myself against it. And so they, had, they were saying some things, and uh, I just kept saying, okay. Okay. They said, well, what do you got to say to that? And I said, nothing. And they said something else. They said, what do you say to that? I said, nothing. And, they, and by the time they got there, they were yelling at me. You got to say something. Say something. And I said, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm not going to defend myself. Now, here was, here's my thinking on that. That phrase, I'm not going to be sucked into that because that's after my peace. Amen. Don't get sucked in to the conspiracy theories. Don't get sucked into the radical on either side of whatever you believe. Because you get sucked into the drama, you'll lose your peace. Well, what if they do this? Well, we'll walk in peace while they're doing it. Amen. Hallelujah. That's why you're led by peace. You got peace about it. You got peace about it. That's the leading. Glory be to God. I believe God. Amen.